0: good to see you beautiful people, say, that's me. I said it's good to see all you beautiful people, and, and you're supposed to say, that's me. Because you're, you're beautiful. That was a great video. <laughs> I was good to do that with my friends. Uh, many of those people on the video are people that, that I do life with, that I've known for, for quite some time. And it's, uh, it was really quite a statement. Uh, we put this out on social media uh, last year at the, I think it was mid-November, but we never had an opportunity to show it here. So I wanted to, to bring that. And it fits well with how I want to start my message today. 2021 was a year of changes and transitions for our church and it's been about eight months, and if you're if you're relatively new, you you won't, you might not realize this, but it's been about eight months since Renee and I became the lead pastors of this church. And together, we have walked through some difficult months. We've had staff transitions. We've been adjusting to new leadership, new leadership styles, and then there's just the ongoing COVID challenges that we are all just exhausted with and just are are over. Over the last eight months, we have purposefully. Uh, Taken most of the year just to provide stability, not to make a bunch of changes and do a bunch of new things, but to provide steady, stable, secure leadership, to connect with you. We've organized some time so we could just be together as a church family. We've held off on making those real changes and we've just been seeking the Lord, asking Him for guidance, asking Him for direction as we look towards the future. So for the next several weeks, I am really excited to be able to share with you some of what Jesus has talked to us about, what he's spoken about our future, and I'm excited for where Jesus is leading us. I'm excited for what Jesus has been doing now. He's been doing some incredible things recently over the past few months in our church, and I'm excited about what he will do over the coming days, weeks, months, and years, and so today... I wanna share with you what our mission is. And then over the next few weeks, we're gonna talk about our values, those things that we hold tightly to as a church family. This is our time to establish foundation, direction, and identity for our church. This is our time to dream together, to look towards the future, to partner with what Jesus has for us as a church and what Jesus has for you as individuals. Because the mission of our church isn't just, hey, hey, this is the way we're going. Let's all go this way. It's not all about everybody follow the mission. It's how can we see your destiny fulfilled? Because your destiny fulfilled leads to our destiny fulfilled. Are you ready? This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Because this is the way. So the title of our message, of our, of our series is, This is the Way. You know, with some of the, and this, this is how, you might have wondered, okay, so how are you bridging the video we just watched a few minutes ago with what you talked about? Because you seem to be talking a lot about our church. Well, with some of the final words to the disciples and the future apostles of the church, Jesus gave these instructions. He said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It's Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. This is what's called the Great Commission. This is the vision of the church. Not a church, but the church. See, whenever a a local church, whatever a local church expression is, it cannot deviate away from the vision that Jesus set. When he established his church, he said, This is what my church will do make disciples of all nations, baptize them, and teach them the ways of Jesus. So there's no changing the vision. There is, however, individual expression of how the vision is accomplished and it's in these individual expressions that give flavor to the local body of Christ it's not that one flavor is better than another flavor they're just different and not every flavor is for every person not one church is going to appeal to every person out there because we're all different. We all have different expressions. How are we going to accomplish the vision of Jesus? Each person needs to find a place where they fit. Every person needs to walk into a church and look around and go, you know, these are my people. I feel like I fit here. I feel like I can serve here, like I belong here, like I have a place here. Like I, can, like I can serve, like I can love and be loved. Where people can know me and I can know people. Where I can be invested in, where I can be discipled, where I can be raised up. See, vision is where we're going. That's Matthew 28. How we get there is the mission. That's our local expression. That's our church identity. That's our local flavor. And this, this is our mission. Empowering people fulfilling destiny and leaving legacy this is the way this is the way that we are going to fulfill the vision of Jesus for his church empowering people fulfilling destiny and leaving legacy so what does it all mean empowering people I believe and we believe that every follower of Jesus is a minister not just this guy not just that girl not just this one who leads worship, or, or, or leads a ministry, or, or, or is a leader within the four walls of the church. But every follower of Jesus is a minister. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, Peter writes this, he says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. See, Peter writes this to Christians. He's not writing to pastors. He's not writing to deacons. He's not writing to elders, but to all followers of Jesus. Each one of us is chosen. Each one of us is called to ministry. This is what we call the priesthood of all believers. It's not the priesthood of pastors. It's not the priesthood of church leaders. It's the priesthood of all believers we are all to proclaim the incredible things of God telling the story of how he brought us from darkness and into light you have a story to tell and it's the story of Jesus in your life every one of us is a minister but not every one of us has the same ministry we are not interested And making you fit into what our box looks like or what my box looks like or raising you up to do the same things that I do. See, just because a person doesn't stand here and preach or lead a church ministry, it doesn't mean that they're not a minister. The reality is only a very small percentage of people will be called to full-time church ministry or full-time missions work. Most people will find their ministry in some combination of local church serving and the marketplace. We want to empower you to accomplish the ministry that Jesus has for you. Your purpose, your destiny. Statistically speaking, less than 20% of all followers of Jesus are called to vocational full-time ministry. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 through 12, says, and He has appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. So the purpose of apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers is to equip the people of God for ministry. It's not so that they can do ministry and everybody just shows up and watches. The kingdom of God grows. And people come to know Jesus through the people of God. Not just through the pastors. It's through the people of God as they minister where God has placed them. Where you are placed in your community, in your neighborhood, the city you live in, the school that you go to, your place of employment. It's not all random chance and choice. God placed you there. He places and plants people within the body of Christ just as he desires. And it's our responsibility to raise up and to empower and disciple people to become all that Jesus has destined them to be. Matthew chapter four and verse 19, Jesus says, come and follow me and I will transform you into men who catch people for God. This is the basic plan of empowered discipleship follow Jesus be transformed and catch people for God right live for him live like him and do like him that's discipleship we are not saved by Jesus to simply attend church you are saved by Jesus and you become the church You don't start to attend church because you are the church. You have a job to do for Jesus, and it's our mission to empower you to do that job, to equip you, to put the tools in your hands, and to raise you up, to live up to the level of influence and leadership that God has placed on your life. You are an influencer. You are a leader. You have a ministry. You have been chosen by God, and you have purpose and destiny in your life. And it is our job to create that space and empower you to step into all that God has put inside of you. This is what people have done for me and for Renee our whole lives. You know, when we were young, newly married, still still in, in Bible college, still training for ministry, the youth pastor that we worked with and served under, he created space for us and he empowered us to step into what God has called us to. There was a summer in between, you know, it was our our last summer uh, of college. And this pastor, his name is Trevor, he had had been invited to do uh, summer camps all summer long. Basically like every week of the summer was a different summer camp. And he said to Renee and I, he goes, hey, would you guys like to come because I'm going to bring... I'm going to bring a worship team and I'm going to bring some students along for the summer. And we're going to do ministry together. Would you like to come and, and lead the students so that I can be freed up to do, you know, to preach and, and to do those things. But you can lead my ministry team. And we said, yes, absolutely. And so we, we raised support and we traveled with him for the summer. While we were at camps, he would come to us and he'd be like, hey, Renee, um, I feel like God's given you something. And you're going to preach tomorrow morning. And he would give, like, they invited him. They didn't invite Renee. They didn't invite Craig. They didn't know Craig and Renee. They knew Trevor. And so they were giving Trevor space to run, to run the camp and to pour into the students and the, and the leaders and the adults. And he would make space and he'd go, here, I want you to do it. I want you to step out and to release what God's placed on your life. He empowered us to begin to step into the destiny that God has placed on our lives. Were we ready? no. Did we say stupid things? Yes, I still cringe at some of the things that I remember saying in those times. But man, he had such grace on us. He loved us. He gently corrected us. You know, when we would fall on our face, he would pick us back up. He empowered us. See, empowering people, this is the way. Fulfilling destiny. Every person on the face of the planet has a God-given destiny to fulfill and we come alive to that destiny when we come alive in Christ in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 Paul writes he says I have become his poetry a recreated people that we will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us for we are joined to Jesus the anointed one Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Before you were ever born, God had a destiny for you. I like to picture it this way, and I've got no real reason or biblical standard to to, to stand on, but this is just the way that I like to picture it, so don't build a theology on this. I like to to see it like, like God had a dream, and then He wrapped my life around it. God had a dream, and then he wrapped your life around it. He put his dream inside of you, and that's your destiny. That's your purpose. You have a God-given destiny. Come on, say that with me. Say, I have a destiny. Now, now say it like you believe it. I have a destiny. Come on. We are not just wandering our way through life, doing whatever comes our way. You've got purpose and destiny. And you might be sitting there thinking, I have no idea what that is. Perfect. You're in great company. I lived most of my life having no clue what my purpose and my destiny was. I was in full-time ministry not having an understanding of what my destiny was. It's because your destiny is not a destination. It's a lifelong adventure. See, before you can fulfill your destiny, you first have to discover your destiny and then be empowered to fulfill it. We are on a constant journey of discovering our destiny. As we grow, as we mature, as we accomplish things for Jesus, as the seasons of our life change, as you go from a teenager to a young adult to a young married, to married with children to empty nesters, and like, like it changes through the seasons of life. Destiny is discovered in the context of family, this kind of family, your church family, where we know one another, where we do life together. Not where we just meet for services once a week or a couple times a week, that's not family, but where we meet together in small groups, in smaller settings. I'm not sure if you've noticed, but through kind of like October and November, uh, we had this this graphic in our announcement video. Do you guys have that? That one. Does that look familiar? There's a couple people. It's okay. I'm not highly offended when nobody, nobody really pays attention to the announcements. After 20 years of church ministry, we can promote things, you know, with with streamers and fireworks and this big thing. And literally the day before, someone will call me and be like, hey, what time is that thing? And so I'm not offended if this doesn't look familiar to you. We ran this for like five weeks. It's okay. That's why we're talking about it today. This is how we are going to help you fulfill your destiny. See, later this month, and it would have been a little earlier, but COVID kind of put a little speed bump into some of the things that we were working on. We're going to be launching what we call destiny groups. That will we'll meet at various times throughout the week, depending on when the when it works for the for the leader's schedule and, and what they what they want to do. And each group is going to be going through what, what is called the destiny finder material. And this is like it's it's really it's difficult to describe, but it's like a spiritual gifts test on steroids. It's matching your spiritual gift, your ministry calling, your personality gifts your natural desires and your your dreams and your talents, and it's putting them all together to help you get a picture of what it is, the destiny that God has put inside of you. Because all of these things are clues to what God has put inside of you and I to do. See, this, I don't want to just talk about doing things. To, to, To forever just talk about doing something really frustrates me. I like to put handles on things and be able to do things. So if, you know, I like to dream. So if we're going to dream and we're going to talk about the stuff that's up here and and things that we can't see, we're going to dream about those things. At some point, I want to put a handle on it and I want to be able to pull it down so that we can actually do something. And destiny groups is a practical way for us to help you discover your destiny and then to empower and partner you to fulfill that, whatever it might be. Small groups also provide a context for relationships, for community, for discipleship, for leadership development. So going forward, small groups will be a very important part of what we do at our church. Fulfilling destiny doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens in a community. and It happens in family. See, I can't fulfill the destiny that that, that God has put inside my life apart from you. And you can't fulfill your destiny apart from us. This is just how God designed us. He designed us to live in community. See, there's something inside you that I need. And there's something inside me that you need. We need to be able to do life together so that I can invest in you and you can invest in me and that we can accomplish our destiny and dreams together. Because when you fulfill your destiny We fulfill our destiny. We do it together. And you will never be more satisfied. You will never be more content, challenged, and fulfilled than you are walking out your God-given destiny. The flip side of that coin is also true. You will never be more frustrated and irritated and just grumpy if you are, are just going through life and you've got no purpose and you're just like living one day after the, ne- after the next, after the next. I've had seasons of life where God has pulled me out of what he created me to do and I've done other things and it's been hard. And I always, I always, the, 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 the best way for me to explain it is that I'm, I, I'm doing something that I wasn't built to do. It's not like I can't do it, but that's not the way that I was built, right? You can take a sports car off-roading. It works, not very well but it works and that's how i felt that's how you feel when you are not pursuing your destiny in this church we fulfill destiny together because this is the way leaving legacy we live in the legacy of previous generations good or bad we always inherit what was left behind and then it becomes our responsibility to, to, responsibility to take what we've inherited and then build upon it, leaving something great and greater than what was given to us. I don't know if you realize, but our church is over 80 years old. That our church has been in, at this location, at this address, longer than any other church in San Diego has been at their address. There are other churches that are older, right? City View Church, who's kind of like a, like a friend church to ours, um, they are celebrating 100 years this year. They're older, but they've moved around a few times. We have been in this location longer than any other church in San Diego has been at their address. We're an old church, and we have a legacy of pursuing revival. We have a legacy of investing in children. Do you realize that, like, Thank you. In the 70s and 80s, this church had an incredible bus ministry. They had a fleet of buses that would drive around the city and pick kids up and bring them to church. We have an incredible legacy of investing in children in this church. We have a a legacy of reaching out to our community with the love of Jesus. We have a legacy of investing and giving to missions. This church is known historically for giving huge money to missions, to empower people to go across and around the world to tell people about Jesus. If you guys remember back in uh, in November, I talked about missions, and I, I talked about our missions pledge and our goal, and I shared with you a story about Marie. Marie is our, uh, the the member who's been here the longest, she's our, our I would say oldest, but oldest, longest-standing member. She's been a member of this church for over 50 years, and Marie has committed her life to giving to missions. And I shared some of these things with her, and she is, when I shared the story, she was about 92 years old. Her son called us this week, and Marie stepped into her full inheritance in Jesus she went home to be with the lord this last week what an incredible legacy she has helped build she it, it, it's very difficult to wrap into words what kind of a legacy that she left for us to inherit she is so she was so well known she was so beloved she was just a sweet jesus loving she would tell me when i would talk to her on the phone she'd say god is just so good oh, yeah he is good she goes no you don't understand he's just so good and she would have tears in her eyes and her voice would be breaking because she is just caught up with how good god is you know some of the inherit some of the legacy that we've inherited is is our building 39,000 square feet is our building. You might not realize, but we also own seven houses, seven houses from the corner, seven down behind us. We own an apartment complex just down the street from us and we own two parking lots. These assets have enabled us to be able to do some incredible ministry throughout the years. We have had low cost senior housing in times past we have funded ministries. We have started and launched nonprofit organizations that benefit our community. See, we, we reap the reward of a legacy passed on to us. And recently, I met a man um, who stopped by the church and we were talking and, and I knew he had attended the church many, many years ago. Um, he's retired and he had said something about the apartments, about, he said, when we bought the apartments, that was his statement. And I stopped him, I said, wait a minute were you a part of the church leadership team that, bar- that bought the apartment complex? Because I'd never met anybody that was a part of those decisions. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I was, you know, I was on the board. I was part of the, that, that team that decided we should buy the apartments. And I just stopped and I said, I want to say thank you for the legacy that you left us because you have no idea what you have enabled us to do for the kingdom of God. Living solely for today and making decisions just for today, that's short-sighted living. You know, realistically, truthfully, we need to live three or four generations ahead of us. We're living for generations and for people that we will never see and never meet. See, the decisions that we make today will impact generations that we will never see. So what will our legacy be for those coming generations? We need to be dreaming dreams that we won't ever see the fulfillment of. Dreams that we will prepare for, that we will make plans for, that we will set aside resources for, but we won't get to fulfill. We won't get to work on. We just do all the preparation work. And other generations are going to come and they're going to fulfill the dream and they're going to finish what we started. Hebrews chapter 11 Verses 39 and 40 says, and all these, though they gained divine approval through their faith, did not receive the fulfillment of what was promised. Because God had us in mind and had something better for us, so that they, these men and women of authentic faith, would not be made would, would not be made perfect, that is, completed in Him apart from us. See, these verses come at the end of what we like to call the hall of faith. It talks about some of the most incredible people in the Bible and the, the amazing things that they have done. And then it talks about, the, the writer goes on, he talks about those who endured horrible persecutions. It says they, they went about and lived in caves. They were sawn in two. They were fed to lions. And he said the world was not worthy of, of them and it's these that the writer says that they did not receive the fulfillment of their promises. It was because the fulfillment of those promises was for us to walk in. They received the promise, they began the process and then they passed the torch on to us and we enjoy the promise fulfilled. King David, King David had a dream he had a dream to build a house for God, a permanent house, because God's house was a tent made out of animal skins. And he thought, man, I'm living, literally, he thought, I'm living in this incredible house, this incredible palace, and God is living in a tent. This is not right. And so he had this dream to build an incredible house for God, but God told him, no, David, you can't build me a house because you're a man of war. He said, instead, instead, your son Solomon Solomon will build my house. But this is David's dream. It's not Solomon's dream. So this is what David did. He had building plans drawn up. He had plans made and created for God's house. He prepared all the materials needed for Solomon. Solomon was the one who actually built the house of God and fulfilled David's dream. David never saw it. He never even saw the work started. The work didn't even start until after David passed away. David never saw it in the natural, but you know he saw it in the spirit. He stood there and he saw the finished building and he made plans and preparations and gathered the resources. So our our church, we're gonna live with one eye on the present and we're gonna live with one eye on future generations. We will make decisions that impact us today and empower generations to come. We will dream dreams that we will initiate, but we will never see completed. We will fight battles so that the coming generations will not have to fight those same battles. I don't know if you realize that when you as a parent fight spiritual battles and take spiritual ground in your family, those are battles that your children don't have to fight. Your children are going to have to fight other battles that lay ahead of them, but they don't need to be fighting our battles. I don't want to leave a battle left on, like... I don't want to leave something on the battlefield that future generations have to come and pick up my mess and to, and to fight that battle for me. I want to fight the battles that they don't have to. I want to finish so far ahead that they get a head start on whatever it is that God has for them. We, we are... Our lives will be, the, the, the ceiling of our lives will be the floor of the next generation. Do we want to give them a head start or do we want to start them stunted? In this church, we will leave a legacy for future generations. This is the way, empowering people, fulfilling destiny and leaving legacy. This is the way we will fulfill Jesus' vision of discipled nations. This is our flavor. This is who we are, and this is what we do here. Now, you might look around and be like, I don't see a whole lot of that. That's okay. Some of it is here, and it's just behind the scenes, and you haven't seen it yet. And some of it is aspirational. This is what we're pointing to. This is what we will do. It's important at this season, at this time, To set this foundation that going forward for the next generation, we will empower people, we will fulfill destiny, and that we will leave legacy. This is our flavor, our expression, this is our church. Let's pray. Father, I'm extremely humbled that you've called me to lead this church for such a time as this. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help us. We need your help. Your word tells us that unless the Lord builds the house, the workers labor in vain. We want to partner with you in building local expression of your church. Help us to be a church a people that empowers people, that creates platform for people and space for them to grow and to step into all that you have called them to be and all that you have called them to do. Guard us that we may never close our hands around people, but we would always have open hands as people will come and people will go and we will launch people out and empower them and they will leave us to do great and mighty and incredible things in the name of Jesus. And God, may we always be that sending church family, cheering on and applauding, being thankful and grateful that we had the opportunity to invest and empower people. God, help us as we begin the process of identifying and discovering our destiny and then fulfilling that destiny as a church and for individuals. Help us to put practical systems and processes in place to help people to fulfill the destiny that you have called them to, that they would be able to hear when they take their first breath in heaven, well done, good and faithful servant. Faithful to the dream and the purpose and the destiny that God has put inside of them. God help us to make decisions that set up future generations to come. We have an incredible responsibility because we have received an incredible inheritance and incredible legacy that we are living with. We wanna write our chapter in the book of this church. We want to establish and leave an incredible legacy for generations to come. That when we are, are long and gone, enjoying our reward in heaven, the next generations will be living in the legacy that we have left them. Not scrambling to pick up the pieces, and to put things together. Desperately, I need you. I desperately need you. As we endeavor to accomplish all the things that you put in in front of us, planned in advance for us to do. That as we disciple nations, as we baptize people, and as we teach them the ways of Jesus, we're leaning on you. We won't do it by our own might, by our own strength, by our own power, by our own wisdom. We are committed to living by the power of Jesus Christ, Him crucified and Him resurrected in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs)